Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. This is Align Designs, the show about creating a life of ease and flow and encouraging women to be 100% authentically themselves by following their inner authority and practicing transparency and vulnerability. This is the place where you can collect all the tools to help you construct your best life through the lens of human design. Here's your host, Allison Cullen. Okay, welcome everybody to the Align Designs podcast. This is your host, Allison Cullen, and I have a super special treat for you today. I have an awesome guest all the way from Germany across the pond, and I'm super excited for y'all to meet and get to hear a little bit from Melanie. Melanie Heliga, I think I'm hoping I'm not butchering your last name. Um, I Down in the show notes, you're going to be able to see how to follow her on Instagram and all the things about her, but welcome. Melanie, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome, Thank welcome. you so much, Alison. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So Melanie is a transformation coach and she's going to tell you in a little bit all the, the awesome things she does. I have been um, stalking her on Instagram and she has so much good information on there. Um, and I know she also works with people like one-on-one and all that. So y'all are going to get to hear from her. We're going to um, hear all about what she does. But the cool thing is, is that Melanie is new to human design and finding out about all things human design. She is, of course, a projector. A lot of, <laughs> I always say, projectors are the new CEOs of this new era. Thank goodness, because you guys are just like awesome, like totally like heart-led people and really caring about helping others. Um, and that's sort of the new the new era that we're thankfully going into as a collective. Um, but Melanie, so I was gonna, she like just in the past few days has learned about what it means to be a projector and um, <laughs> to my episode on that and all that kind of stuff. So if you have not yet listened to what it means to be a projector, even if you're not a projector, you probably have projectors in your life. You can go back and listen to that episode. I'll link it in the show notes too. Um, But in particular, so this is something I was going to sort of do an off the cuff little reading for Melanie, just to, just for fun and to show y'all what like a super mini reading sort of looks like. I usually go into like all of the details about projectors and Melanie, after I go through this, you can ask, I know you had a couple of questions about about human design and stuff so you can ask that but you have this really cool channel called the genius freak channel um and i love this so it is basically in your contract as for like for this lifetime to come down a little early for your time and some people might think that some of the things that you talk about that you're really a genius about are like sort of beyond them that they don't quite get um but it's, it's all a lot of like new truths and things that in five years are going to be like really well known and like, duh, you know, so wow. it's really cool. So you, 
it's your job to just speak your truth anyways. And then the right people who need it at the right time will come to you and it will make total sense. But the peop but you might have people in your life and in, in, you know, society or whatever that are just like, what, this doesn't make sense what she's saying. And they're just not quite ready for it yet. Um, but that's really cool. So really, and you already do this, you know, and you, you're stepping into your, your like authority and your like what you're meant to do as a transformation coach, but really making sure that you see yourself as a true genius um, and the right audience mm -hmm. and your perfect clients will see you as a, as a true genius with all of this kind of stuff too. So that's really cool. I know so many people are like, I wish I had the genius freak channel. So that's really that's so awesome. cool. Yeah. And then you also have definite alpha female energy, which is awesome. Like just really mm -hmm. jumping up as a female leader. Um, you're, you're meant to be the leader of a group, whether that's a family organization or company. Um, people will always want to know what your way of doing things is and sort of follow you. So that's neat. And then, um, another channel, your third channel, you have three channels is divine inspiration and creativity. So this is, um, just really having a special gift of keeping in touch with divine when you're creating your, you know, whatever that looks like, whether it's your um, outlines for working with clients or your courses or whatever. Um, but it's just this awesome divine energy. And it's a deep, intimate relation relationship with creation and creativity and your creator. So that's, that's really cool. You have like three awesome channels. That is so awesome. And so interesting because that like, they all speak to me so much, especially the first one, because everything that happens, in the world right now I've always been speaking my truth and all my friends don't really get it so I was like what that spoke <laughs> to me so much I love that well keep doing it and the right people are <laughs> on your way you know this with you know the right clients that are meant to come to you and the right soul tribe will come your way yeah um I have listened to your projectors episode um and it said like that projectors are really good at efficiency and in the beginning I was like I'm not that great at efficiency but then you broke it down into like oh yeah you can put eight hours of work into two to three hours and I was like yeah I do that I really work great under pressure so that yeah. made so much sense yeah totally um yeah it's funny because if projectors do end up working more than two or three hours they're just mm -hmm. gonna get like you guys will get exhausted and it's just, it's just not like that great of a use of your energy, unless you're around some generators. Sometimes yeah. I'm a generator. So sometimes um, if you, you know, live with generators or work with generators or, or meet up with another generator, they might give you some extra energy to where you can work beyond your two or three hours. But yeah, you're really good at being efficient and creating little life hacks um, and in your case, maybe like relationship hacks or behavior hacks yeah. to help other people be efficient too. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's so interesting. And also, um, do we have, or humans in general, do we have characteristics of all the human design types? Because when I listened to the generator, um, episode of your podcast, it said about intuition and the gut feeling and bringing the energy down. Uh, from the divine, I felt like that kind of spoke to me as well. So I was wondering if we have 
Yes. Sort yeah. of all the character traits. So it's interesting too, when you, so everybody has a basic type, but mm. then things change throughout the month as well because of the um. moon. Like we're all on this like lunar cycle, right? And so your different energy centers, which it's sort of like, if you've ever gotten acupuncture done, that's what they're working on is your different energy mm. centers and the flow of blood yeah. like through all of them. Well, those different centers are affected by the moon, depending on where the moon is in its course, you know, full, you know, waning, waxing, all of that. And it can light up or undo certain parts of your energy center. So at different parts of the month, you're going to have different things going on. Um, there's a really cool app. It's an inexpensive app called just human design app, which shows those transits each day and where, what's uh -huh. happening. So on certain days, you're going to act more like a generator. And if you're around generators, you're going to act more like a generator. And some projectors have a little bit more filled in um, or gates in their sacral center, which you have three gates lit up in your sacral mm -hmm. center. And sacral mm -hmm. center is the generator center. Like if it's filled in your generator. So you do have quite a bit of sacral energy there and intuition yeah. energy wow. more, more so than some other projectors. So yeah, it's crazy. There are like literally billions, like at least 2 billion different configurations of human design charts. So we're all very, very, very unique. Yeah. That's so interesting. Super yeah. Interesting. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So let's talk about you. Um, tell us what you do, your story, how you got into being a transformation coach. Um, and what, I know there was a couple of topics in particular that you want to talk about, which I think will be fabulous for. Yeah year of 2020 um, and, and looking at our relationships and our behaviors and all of that, but just um, tell us a little bit about how you got into this and what exactly you do. Totally. So um, I'm Mel or people call me Mel and um, I, um, I am a transformation coach and I work with women in particular who have been or still are in some sort of toxic environment, especially relationships. And um, I used to specifically focus on codependency and I'll get to that in a minute. And how I entered this work was because I was in a very, very and highly toxic and abusive relationship myself. And um, while being in that relationship, I didn't even realize how unhealthy it was for me. After I left that relationship, I kind of started figuring out or looking at my, yeah, relationship patterns and my behavior and the last three to four relationships that I had in my life. And I found that there were a lot of repetitive toxic patterns in those relationships. And I started working on myself and I started you know, doing the, doing inner child work and doing mirror work and doing shadow work. And I found that I was just feeling very passionate about talking about um, unhealthy versus healthy relationships and about helping other women to go through the transformation that I have been through after this toxic relationship. And um, today I want to share with you a little bit um, about 
my work and particularly I want to talk about how you can come um, or how you can overcome a toxic uh, relationship, how you can overcome codependency in your relationship without ending it. So how can you stay in your relationship, but still work on healing those traits? And then how can you generally break toxic behavior patterns that hold you back in your love life? And um, yeah, just in life in general as well. So I'm excited to share this with you today. Be so useful. I have a lot of different listeners, but I know a ton of them are mothers And for us, it's really hard. Um, I mean, I call myself a recovering codependent. There's still a lot of parts of me that are that way. And it's just a lot of times thinking about like, okay, I need to make sure this person is happy and this person is happy and this person is happy. And if this person is is not, I cannot be happy. And it's just this terrible cycle. So I know this can be helpful for all of us. Totally. Um, Yeah, it's... It's so interesting while being on this journey, I have found out or realized how many people actually have codependent traits without even knowing that the word codependency is a thing. And and, um, I sometimes like to just call them unhealthy behavior or wounds because some people think the word toxicity or the word codependency has such a heavy weight that you, you, you just don't like calling yourself a codependent or you just don't like calling yourself a toxic person. That's just not nice. <laughs> it ah. has too heavy, too heavy weight on it. I love that. I love sort of reframing it. Yeah. So um, I want to quickly just talk about what toxic relationships are just really quickly. And then I want to go into codependency and how you can overcome the codependency in your relationship without, um, yeah, without ending it. So what even is a toxic relationship? A toxic relationship is really characterized by behaviors that are damaging to both partners or just one partner. And that can be emotionally and mentally and yeah, sometimes even physically. And while a healthy relationship can really boost your self-esteem and it can like give you a push in your, in your energy, a toxic relationship really damages your self-esteem and self-worth and it drains you. You always feel like you're exhausted. You feel like you're walking on eggshells and it's just draining. And we all have toxic traits in us. And even a healthy relationship sometimes have toxic trait has toxic traits, but how you can really see that you're in an unhealthy relationship is when this is repetitive and when, when those things happen almost daily. Um, so the, the healthy relationship really makes you feel safe and it makes you feel secure. You can be yourself without changing who you are. Whereas a toxic relationship, it feels really unsafe. And for women, this most, most often means that your body contracts somehow. So a really good sign, good sign, (laughs) um, not so good sign, but good sign is when your body tells you if you're in an unhealthy or in a healthy relationship, your body knows um, if this is healthy for you or if it isn't. Um, And now I want to tell you just quickly what codependency is. Codependency is just one form of toxicity in relationships. And codependency is 
a relationship where one or both people show an extreme dependency on the other person. And codependents are really busy taking care of others. As you just said, um, Alison, what you felt like you want to make sure everyone's happy and everyone's fine before um, you take care of yourself. And codependents really usually forget to take care of themselves and uh, their own needs and their own wants, um, which makes them, yeah, really be feel lost and feel addicted kind of addicted to the codependent relationship um how do you know if you're in a codependent relationship or in any kind of toxic relationship usually you have you feel like your self-esteem is really low you have a very poor boundary system you have um you struggle saying no you um don't really feel like you can express your truth and um, you're a, like, you're very, very, um, I want to say very good at people pleasing. You're a people pleaser. And sometimes also feel like you need to control. Very often codependents get into relationships with abusive people or narcissistic people even sometimes. And because those people have the tendency to lie very often or to manipulate the codependent person feels the need to control because if they don't control the other person or the situation, they feel unsafe and they feel like they get, they get anxious and they get really stressed and worried. And they sometimes even get depression or get depressed um, when they don't feel like they're, they're in control of the whole situation. Um, yeah. So far just about codependency in general and all these things come from, usually come from family dysfunction and it doesn't mean like family dysfunction and trauma doesn't have to mean that you were beat up or raped or pushed away when you were uh, when you were a kid or even a teenager but even when you when your parents for example separated and it really traumatized you or when you were like when you being bullied at school for example as well and your parents weren't there for you immediately that's also a a form that can lead to you being a codependent. Does that make sense so far? Yes, totally. I've done a lot of um, inner child work and I had a great childhood growing up, but there were certain little things that just the way stuff went, my little child brain saw it in a different way. And then that was, do you know what I mean? Like things things can be traumatizing, even if they're not a quote-unquote traumatic event like you said yeah exactly um I felt the same because when I started doing this work I felt like I've I've had a great childhood there was no trauma nothing but when you go deeper into that work you actually see some things and you look at your core wounds and you feel like oh I have some fear of abandonment (laughs) or I have some fear of rejection and you're like "Mm, maybe there is some stuff that I could work on and um yeah, but codependent behavior is definitely romanticized in films and pop music nowadays. So all the films show you that, you know, the prince awakens the princess with a kiss and they can only live together. And um, songs uh, that sing about, you know, I, I cannot get, get you off my mind or I cannot live without you. All those things romanticize toxic and codependent behavior, which mm-hmm. is super unhealthy. Totally. And one, one thing that really resonated with me too, that you were talking about is 
about listening to your body or paying attention to what your body does. I feel yeah. like us as women and moms and, you know, I don't know when we're taught this to like not listen to our body and to listen to our heads and our minds and our yeah. brains instead and make like little pros and cons lists instead of trusting your gut. And that's yeah. a huge thing that human design teaches is how to get out of your head and yeah. get down into your body and listening to that gut instinct or that splenic instinct. Um, so I think that's, it's, it's hard and it takes a lot of time to get used to that because we're just so not taught to listen to our bodies. Totally. Especially because we are growing up in such a male dominated um, time right now. And I'm not talking about men. I'm just talking about the energies, the masculinity that is in our world that really disconnects us from our bodies because our bodies really are the feminine energy. And that like, that really goes for everyone, not just for female, uh, for women, but also for men that we really have to connect with our bodies and our body knows our, our intuition knows what, what's best for us and what's healthy and what's not. Agree. hundred percent. Yeah. So what, what really happens often in toxic relationships is that we only address the person with the more obvious signs of toxicity. So the narcissist, the cheater, the liar, the abuser, but it really takes two individuals to have a toxic relationship, meaning the apparent victim of abuse also carries some sort of toxicity. And I used to be that person. I used to be the victim, but you get to also choose if you stay in victimhood or if you say, I don't want to be a victim anymore because I allowed that person to treat me this way. I have no boundaries. I let this person cheat on me. I let this person lie to me. I let this person emotionally abuse me, all sorts of things. So really we have to take on the role of stepping into our own power and say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not having this anymore in my life. Okay. So the, the answer why so why are we in those toxic yeah relationships and for both individuals so for the for the victim and for the abuser or the perpetrator is really the same answer and it's poor self-esteem and it's insecurity so what we really have to do or what I do basically in my work is I you know look at old behavior of behavioral patterns that word is difficult for me <laughs> behavioral patterns and I look at self-love. I work with self-love and self-worth because once you have established an innate sense of value in yourself and you know what like self-love means and what you can do to establish a sense of self-love uh, in your life, that's when you start implementing boundaries. That's when you start saying no. And that's when you also start knowing what do I want from a relationship? What do I want from a partner? And that's when you know how to not be in a toxic environment anymore, how to not be in a toxic relationship anymore. Um, so now I want to, like, I want to share with you how you can stay in your relationship, heal it at the same time without breaking up. So if you really want to stay in your relationship, maybe you're married or you've just been in that relationship for so long, or you just think that the other person wants to heal as well, you can totally do that. It is best if both people are involved in the healing process, though. You can still benefit if 
only one person does the healing, but then you're very likely to leave that relationship after some time because you have evolved and the other person hasn't. So what do you need to do to overcome codependency in your relationship without ending it? You have to put your relationship on hold. And by saying that is like, I don't mean you're ending it because you're not ending it. You're just taking a break. You can still live together. You can still do things together, but it means that you're putting certain things on hold in your relationship. So you have to make clear to the other person that you're now focused on your individual healing process and you're not available for certain things. And those are, you don't want any contact that leads to fighting. You don't want any contact that leads to painful feelings, no emotional interactions, no criticism, no major problem, problem solving, and no intimacy. And intimacy means physical and emotional. So you won't have sex in that period of time. And you get to choose how long it is. It depends how toxic your environment is. You can say, oh, I'm going to put my relationship on hold for six months. You can maybe start with three months if that feels better. But you can also say a year. It depends on what what you agree within your relationship and then you need to implement intact boundaries to not over interpret intimacy therefore it's important it's really important to not engage in any kind of intimacy while you're trying to heal um, so what what can help you to do this because if you're still living with your partner you're very likely to in a good in, on a good day, you're really very likely to think, oh, I still want to, you know, kiss him and cuddle or cuddle my partner and engage with them. And really that's when emotions come up. And that's when also past or thoughts about the past come up. And that's when, when you're very likely to go back into, you know, fighting or arguing. Um, so what you can do to live through this period of not being in yeah, to, when, you, when you're putting your relationship on hold is to really get, on your, get off your partner's case and just focus on yourself. Really just let them do their thing and you do your thing. Um, that means like when they do something that you don't like, you're just going, oh, interesting, they're still doing that. But you're not saying anything. You're just, maybe you're writing it down into a journal, but you're not saying anything to your partner. Um, the second thing you do is, you don't want to anger bomb your partner or love bomb. You don't want to like play the helpless person just to, you know, make them, make them see the, the cute little girl inside of you, or you don't want to seduce them because you just in the moment feel like that's the right thing to do. You don't want to do that for the three or six months or that period of time that you, yeah, that you've said you wanted to do do or you wanted to be on that break does that make sense um the third thing you want to do is you don't want to respond to any bombs coming from your partner so if your partner comes with those anger or love bombs you don't want to respond to them the fourth um thing you want to do is you want to notice what your partner does as i said before you just want to go ah interesting he's doing that interesting she's doing xyz and the last thing you want to do is you notice what's going on with you and all of that while you do that it's very important to journal I found that for myself and all of my clients that I'm working with journaling is something that we 
don't very often feel like doing. We sometimes say, we don't have time for it. We don't want to do it. I don't feel like writing down my emotions into a book. I, I just don't feel like it. But it has been the most helpful thing for all of my clients and for myself on, the, on their and my healing journey. So journaling is the, the number one thing that will help you to live through this tough period of time in your relationship. And when you've gone through those three or six months or when you've gone through this year of putting your relationship on hold, then you can slowly come back together and say, do we want to keep having this relationship? Or if only one of you worked on themselves, you might say, do you know what? I've evolved and I feel so healthy now. I don't feel like this can continue if you're not working on yourself equally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird because what you were saying, I heard from a coach I was talking to just the last week. And the thing that she said that she like in her own words was saying that for your partner, like with what you said, you're like, let just notice things Mm -hmm. that they do that bug you or whatever. And don't try to control them and don't try to, you know, get in their way of whatever they're doing. She said that that was driving your own bus. She was like, if you get out of your bus and go try to drive their bus, your bus is unmanned and they are not going to ever be able to step up to drive their own bus. They're going to be sitting in the back seat of their own bus, which is not where you want them, you know? So it's like allowing, making sure your bus is manned all the time. You don't need to be in other people's business. This is hard for me. I'm like a a control freak. (laughs) Um, And, and then, you know, sometimes the partner needs to learn how to step up on their own without you ask, you know, requiring that of them or bugging them about it. Yeah, totally. Without you forcing it, because many women do is they want to they they see the potential in their partners but they don't see what's right in front of them mm-hmm. they're like romanticizing and fantasizing about how great the relationship could be how healthy and how spiritual the other person could be but they're not they're just living in like an imaginative dreamland um sadly because as you said, that was a good example because they're not driving their own bus. They're trying to drive the other person's bus. That's such a great analogy. Yeah. So what do you do for people who feel, because a lot of my clients are uh, going through divorces right now or Mm -hmm. starting new relationships Mm -hmm. or anything like that. What do you feel is a good recommendation for somebody who's like, I don't have a year like to, to practice this, is there a smaller amount, you know, three months is three months, the minimum amount of time you would say to practice something like that, or could they even do a shorter amount of time just to see how that feels if three months seems overwhelming? Mm, Yeah. So what usually happens if you want to heal any kind of trauma, if you want to heal codependency or any kind of toxic behavior in your relationship, it usually takes three to five years. So like that, that sounds crazy and sounds like a lot, especially if you don't feel like you don't have that time, especially if kids are involved or something like that. Um, 
So I would say three months is definitely the minimum. You can maybe make two, make it two if that feels more available for you right now. But I would say three is the minimum and you can change so much in three months. And what I can say right now is that the first two to three weeks are the most difficult ones because you're on some kind of, you'll get withdrawal symptoms from the emotional roller coaster from the super, super toxic highs and the toxic lows in that relationship. And you'll have withdrawal symptoms from that person. So the first two to three weeks are the most difficult ones. Once you overcome those, it will feel easier for you to say, oh, I'll do three months. And even after three months, you might say, I'll do six months. That's fine. I can do that. It's weird too, because I've just been hearing a lot about like on a physical level, your mm. body sort of goes through a mitosis, like completely regenerating itself every three to six months. Mm. So that sort of makes sense because it's, you know, you'll have a whole new set of brain cells that have been yeah. <laughs> doing this kind of non-codependent, non-toxic behavior um, yeah. three months from now. So that's pretty cool how it all ends up, ends up working. Yeah. And especially if you're living together, for example, if you, if you still have to live together, you might find some common ground. You can still, you know, live your own individual lives, but maybe you can say once a week, we'll watch a movie together, but we're only watching that movie. We're not even having deep conversations about it. We're not cuddling, but we're just spending time together or we're reading a book together maybe. And we talk about that book. Yeah. So you don't have to immediately say, oh, I want to delete you from my life. Yeah. Um, I'm just my, by myself now. But you can kind of, you know, have some sort of togetherness, but not that togetherness that will bring you back into those unhealthy patterns. Perfect. And then give us, as we wrap up here, give us a couple of quick tips for, um, you know, breaking toxic behavior patterns not necessarily in a marriage or partnership, just with other, with, with life or other people or that kind of stuff. Can you, are you able to? Yeah. Yeah. So you mean, how can you just break, break up those toxic, toxic patterns in general? Your personal toxic behavior patterns. So I don't, you know, even if it's with a coworker, you know, something that comes up with a coworker at work, Mm. parents or something. Yeah. Totally. So the, the first thing you want to do is you want to look at your own patterns and you want to write them down. So um, I'll, I'll give um, the listeners um, three journaling prompts and I'm sure they can uh, pr- press pause on the, on the podcast, right? Yeah. So they can listen to it again. So the first one that you want to reflect on is, what are the most pressing issues in those last relationships? You know, that can be like, what is the most pressing issue with your last partner, with your mother, with your coworker? Okay. So what is the most pressing issue there? That's the first one. And then the second one is, do you see a common theme? So is there something that was repetitive in your romantic relationships at work with your bosses? Like, is like, do you always feel like mm, you're uncomfortable if your boss tells you what to do, for example, you know, just see what the common theme is and then write down how you ignored your body 
Like that's what we talked about before. How did you ignore your body and your somatic sensations when you were in that unhealthy situation? So those are the three things that you just, you can just brainstorm about it and just write things down and just go like what I said before, just go like, ah, that's interesting that I used to do this. Like just really become aware of yourself. That's the first thing that we need to do when we're trying to heal something. Just be aware, just find the awareness. And then what we next will do, what is super important is take an inventory. So really just um, take an inventory of just write everything down that felt toxic and unhealthy and not just write what the other people did or what you feel like the other people did to you, but also write down your answers, your responses, your reactions to what, what, what do you usually do if your boss comes to you and bosses you around? Or if you, your mom asks you to uh, take her to the supermarket three times a week and you really can't be bothered to do that. You know, they, those are really small and simple examples, but obviously you have your own examples from your own life and really just see what your reactions are. That's so important to be aware of your own reactions. Mm -hmm. um and then what is most beneficial is to create a supportive network and that can look like friends that are on a mutual journey um it doesn't really help us if we're for example in a very toxic relationship it doesn't really help us to um, contact the friend who has this really perfect picture perfect family and it it will only make you feel worse because you want to get support from someone who understands you. You want to feel heard. You want to feel seen. You want to feel understood. So find some friends who maybe have gone through something similar as you. And then if that is not the case, then you obviously can reach out to a therapist or to a coach or a mentor. And um, for example, me, I don't only have paid programs. I have the, I have a, I have a Facebook group where I record videos weekly that um, give out uh, journaling prompts and just give support on how to heal. Um, there's so many free content that you can, you can binge watch. <laughs> That's so awesome. I want to make sure and get that link from you so that I can put it in the show notes. Totally. That is so cool. So I've done a ton of work, uh, especially in the past like five or 10 years. And I've never heard of those journaling prompts as far as just like looking back at your past relationships or, you know, family, friendships, all of that kind of stuff. And looking at those things that bug you or things that you did or are themes mm. in common that came up and taking an inventory. So I'm definitely going to do that. I think that's, it's a lot to unpack, but I think that's huge. Totally. And very insightful. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy work because when you look at your past pains and your past traumas and even limiting beliefs, if, if that is a, a, a word that your, um, your audience has heard before, it's really tough because it's painful. It's painful to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mel. I so appreciate all of this information. Is there any, I'm going to ask you where people can find you, but is there any last minute info that you want to give us or anything you have coming up or anything like that that you want to let us know about? Thank you so much. Um, I do indeed have something coming up. I have a virtual self-love retreat coming up oh. and, and um, it's only going to be a very small exchange. It's going to be an exchange of 
only $20 to join that. And it's going to be a full day of, you know, dance and yoga and meditation. And um, we'll even have a cacao ceremony and we'll do a self-love workshop and a relationship workshop. So it's going to be super fun and it's going to happen on the Sunday before Christmas. I do not have the date in my head right now. The I'm Sunday right Christmas. now, the 20th, December 20th. Exactly. The 20th. Yeah. So I think that's right before like the winter solstice. So that will be really cool or right around that time. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll put that information in the show notes too. Um, and then you guys can find Melanie, Mel, Melanie. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Melanie, Mel is all fine. <laughs> on Instagram. Um, what's your Instagram handle? I follow. Um, my Instagram is actually my name, Melanie Helliger. So I know um, it's quite, <laughs> it's oh. a German name. So it's quite difficult, I guess, but you'll see it in the show notes. And also the information about the self-love retreat, they're going to be on my Instagram as well. Awesome. Yay. Okay, guys, you're probably going to have to go back and re-listen to this and take notes, especially if you're really mm-hmm. driving or cleaning or something like that. But um, Mel is amazing. I love the little transformation tips you've given us so far, but I know you have so much more good info once people are following you and um, going and getting on your Facebook group and all that kind of stuff. So I so appreciate you coming. I'm so thankful that there are projectors like you leading the way and going to be our new leaders of this world. It's going to make this world a way better place. And um, thank you guys for listening in. Be sure to go check out the show notes and give Melanie a follow and reach out to her and tell her thank you for all the amazing tips. And we just so appreciate you. Thanks so much, Mel. Thank you so much for having me. I love sharing it on here. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. Bye, you guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening. For more Align Designs and to connect with Allison, go to aligndesigns.co. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to your wellness journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast.